For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Away again by United, this time through the centre and over halfway. Wilson on his chest gets the better of Kevin Long. Sam Maxima for Newcastle just outside the area. Alan Samaxima onto his left, then onto his right. Alan Samaxima scores! He squeezed it into the bottom corner. It's a really nice goal from the Frenchman, his first of the season. He runs across to the bench to celebrate with Steve Bruce. Took his time, went one way and then the other. And then a low right-footed shot into the bottom corner. Maybe a touch off Nick Pope on the way through. But after 14 minutes, Newcastle United won. Burnley nil. Samaxima holding off McNeil and then getting away from Taylor and then across to the far post and it's 2-1 Newcastle are back in front and it's a goal from Callum Wilson set up by Alan San Maxima who got away from Burnley defenders used that acceleration and that raw speed to create the opportunity and Wilson arriving at the back post slammed it into the back of the net and Burnley weren't level for long Newcastle retake the lead 65 gone Wilson's goal they lead 2-1 to Pope Fraser oh. closing him down Ryan Fraser hits the post after the keeper presented the ball to him the referee's given a penalty okay, he comes with the penalty oh he's dinked it in down the middle Callum Wilson has scored again for Newcastle United four in four in the Premier League for the summer signing from Bournemouth it's 3-1 CHN Radio episode 150. We did it. Now, this is the last show of the podcast history. We said we would do 150 and we would leave. So, to do... (laughs) Not true. Not true. So, don't believe that. Uh, But I'm your host, Greg Troxell. Nice to join you all for a lovely edition of CHN Radio. Uh, You can give me a follow on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg. But we we have a jam back show for you. Because not okay. only are we recapping a 3-1 win for your top 10 Newcastle United, but we're also doing our weekly show with all the news, all the bits, everything uh, everything that you need to know to keep up to date with your town, your t- club, your team, your institution, mm. Newcastle United. And to join me in bringing all of the great, all the goodness it's like it's like Thanksgiving dinner type of podcast. This this mm. one is I can feel it. Okay, it's the best damn calls in the land. Elijah Newsom. I'm I'm just excited to be here. I'm here so that I, so that I don't get fined. Um, that's my big thing. Um, but on a serious note, I'm excited, man. We get to talk a little Newcastle, and and honestly, we get to take a break for Greg for just a uh, just a weekend or so. Take a little break of having 
the stress of waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning in the States and wondering what version of Newcastle you're going to get. So we get a break from that this weekend. I'm excited. Uh, And international break, we're going to bring back some international break content. We promised it, so it's going to happen. And I'm excited about that too, Greg. They can follow your boy on Twitter. Follow follow me on Twitter. Only me. At Elijah underscore Newsom. And I guess you can follow the podcast account at CHN underscore podcast. That'll give you all the updates for not only this show, but the False Nines, which is the worst show on this network. Um, and mainly our show is, is the good one. So uh, yeah. follow them. And then I guess you can follow the main account at Coming Home in UFC for, for all the hot takes from me. Um, and I mean, we don't let Brian tweet anymore. So just it's just me tweeting from that account and giving you all the good news. Yeah. The, all the just the plenty of good news that surrounds this club. So <laughs> yep. um, let's get into the match. Newcastle three, Burnley one. It was a tremendous Saturday afternoon for those that had to watch in the afternoon. Actually, everyone had to watch in the afternoon, unless you're yeah. in Hawaii or like some Pacific island that is on the other side of the international state line. Okay. So after every match, we ask you to give three words to describe the match, and we'll read them on the show. And we always do that. So uh, let's do that now. So we – oh, me. I I am the first three words. Oh. And I said, we are sixth, which was true at the time of me tweeting that. That is no longer true. Oh, um, man. Uh, Dom at McAltra says, Burnley cures all. Tune Army Denver at Mile High Magpies says Rainy Day Delight. Ben W at Ben W 918-77311. Is that your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not enough digits. Not enough digits. Um, all right. Brucey is back. No. Uh, the Mailman. I hope okay. that's a – I hope that's a, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett reference. But just – It's not – just Lynn 89 Callum F stars Wilson. <laughs> okay. Tony Armstrong at Tony arm UK better than Brighton. Yes. True. Uh, Ryan Luke at tune loon underscore USA fullbacks on toast. They're fullbacks. They're fullbacks. Oh, okay. Burnley's. Yeah. Okay, not yeah, ours. yeah. I mean, I don't feel like, like none we- of our fullbacks did anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Steerier Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Domination all around. Mm. Blake at B Munch. Brucey's still complaining. Oh, he Blunt, is. Blunt Ted Talks YouTube at Blunt Ted Talks says <laughs> pass the tissues. Paul Ram at P Rambo123. Good team performance. Andy Ives at Andrew Ives4. How's the bacon? Did you say? uh dj brown at d brown 90 surprisingly fun watch kim Mm. avery at kim kerfuffle provides some optimism okay craig atkinson at darlo quaker (laughs) yeah all hail maxi david campbell at dave 83c says keep playing that way and that he he made that way one word uh, Tony, oh, Tony Armstrong coming again. No. Says, um, poor beats worse. Poor beats. Oh, 
So Newcastle's poor, they beat the worst. Okay. Uh, Steve Parker at tune underscore crier, <laughs> 32 from safety. <laughs> That's funny. That's that. a good one, Steve. And then Joe Terry, last one at Joseph underscore Terry. Oh, Ale, you thought it was the last one. Oh, the last one for me. Okay. Um, Ale, Ale, Allen. Oh, that's a good Allen. one. Uh, got a couple more. Uh, Patrick, so, okay, I'm not going to say that. Patrick Sotolaro at Lumber Weasel. He says, let's fucking go. NUFC for life at Barmy 59 who usually comments on the, the normal tweet. He said, Alan St. Maxman, Toon Army Portland uh, at Toon Army PDX. Uh, send a gif as they always do. Uh, a Dave Chappelle one. Uh, it says, it's a celebration, which is two words, not three, but, you know, we won't count it against him. Uh, Shelby Powers at A Shelby P says, ugly but effective in tune with a little star emoji. At Andy Sand 1971 says, Alan St. Maximin, which, of course, actually is two words. Uh, people forget. It's a hyphenated word, so it's two words. Uh, is ASM one or three words? ASM is one. It's an abbreviation for two words. So there you go. You tried to trip me up, but it's a, I don't know. I guess like in the context of the three words debate, if you were to say ASM is class, like we would count ASM as one word. Okay. I'm good with it. For the now, technical now for people. future. Now, we, now we've made the rules. So yeah. Yeah. People know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the match. Got a lot to cover here. So we'll start with the starting lineup. And we had Darlow, Kraft, Cher, Fernandez, Lewis, Hendrick, Shelby, Hayden, Jolinton, St. Maximin, and Wilson. On the bench for Newcastle, we had Gillespie, Mankio, Sean Longstaff, Fraser, Murphy, Almiron, and Carroll. Elijah, go. A little bit shocked that Almiron didn't start. Um, I mean, I, I kind of didn't see the rationale behind it. I was happy Joel Linton got a start because I did feel that if he was he was going to have his best performance um, as a starter, uh, not as the central striker. And, I mean, I guess that was true. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, other than that, everything else was not that surprising. Um, it, was, it was nice to see Cher back in the mix. Um, unfortunately, like, We'll get into that later. Um, he was great while he played, and it kind of gave me hope that you know we don't that that share that we saw in the summer was share of, of years past, and that the new share is going to be the old share that we had, that we had. Um, so yeah, other than that, I mean, pretty pretty standard. Uh, Gillespie wasn't in goal. Um, I know some people were were clamoring for his name to to be on the team sheet, but it wasn't. The continuous troll. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, all right, so, uh, yeah, for me, the, the first thing I noticed was just being very happy that Alan Tate Maximin was back. Yeah, uh, and every time – we've said this on this podcast that every time Mikel Amron's not in the lineup, we kind of wonder why. And then uh, I had no idea what formation was going to be. There were the rumors of Jolinton being used as a 10, which we'll get to. Uh, it could have been like a three-man midfield with Hendrick. It could have been a 4-4-2, a 4-2-3. It could have been many things. Um, the other surprising thing is Kraft over Mankio, I thought. I don't think Kraft has been better than Mankio. Um, neither are, like, amazing options, but I think if you had to pick, you pick Mankio. Didn't Mankio play this past week? 
Mm-hmm. So that I felt. And like also with rotation. Burnley's aerial threat, I think you'd also want to have Mankio in because of that. Over Kraft. Why? Is Mankio taller than Kraft? No, he's just more athletic. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's an assumption. I don't know. I I think Mankio is way more athletic, and I think he's faster than Kraft too. I think he's faster than Kraft, but I I've. I mean, you're saying that the guy that we play at center back is less of an aerial presence than the guy who is only played fullback for us. Yes. And when he's played center back, he's not been good. Like Kraft has been good in the air as a center back. And I mean, he then proved that again. So I feel like I I could say I can understand Mankio being faster, but in terms of like dealing with an aerial threat, especially knowing that like there's not that much threat in terms of speed on the wing from Burnley. I could understand craft play, but ultimately I thought it was more of a rotation thing than anything else because Steve Bruce is like, oh, well, I have two right backs that are decent, so I can just kind of rotate them in and out. I don't think there was any sort of like, I don't know, tactics from Steve Bruce to make this determination. Yeah. Also, I that's why I think Miggy didn't play. Like, I genuinely think that he was like, oh, well, Miggy, he played a while in the, uh, in the cup match, so, you know, we'll give him a rest against <laughs> Burnley, which – I don't, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Same result, I guess. So we get started. Four, two, three, one. And Elijah, I need to apologize because you said that you need to stop watching games drunk, but it was me. who was the drunk one. I made a, a mistake and Jolinton was the 10. Uh, how this match started. It was Jolinton as a 10, St. Maximin on the left. Hendrick was on the right. Then Hayden and Shelby in the midfield. Uh, Wilson up front. So uh, the, the match started and it was just, it immediately became a Newcastle dominated match. Uh, it was just attack, attack. The ball was in our half. Um, it, it was fairly even as far as like, you know, neither team looked like they were going to score more goals uh, than the other until about like 15 minutes in. And that's when Newcastle started taking their chances. Um, it was Shelby, by the way, great day. Great day for John Joe. Would you agree? Yeah, you could say that. I did. And it was a lovely ball through the middle. Uh, Wilson took a touch to take the ball around Pope, who was just having it. He had a nightmare day. Uh, Wilson, I don't know why Wilson did just fire this ball right into the net. There's only one defender on the goal line, no keeper. Just, I mean, you just got to fire. I mean, if, if the defender gets in the way of it, fine, but at least take the shot. But Wilson takes way too much time. Maybe it's the angle. I, it could have been numerous things. Uh, but he decided to push the ball back to Jolinton. But it wasn't a great pass, and it was intercepted. Not Jolinton's fault at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really surprised Colin Wilson didn't just fire that thing as hard as he could. Then, shortly after that, we didn't have, we didn't have much time to, to really think on it because Allen St. Maximin, goal! It was a great one, too. Uh, we miss him. We were happy he's back, but it was a Darlow clearance. And then Wilson laid it off to St. Maximin, who picked the ball up at like halfway. And uh, he just absolutely torches a few defenders and then hits a, a, hits a low ball in the bottom corner. Absolute great goal. one nothing Newcastle. What's your thoughts, Elijah? I, I don't know if I need to have any thoughts. I think it, you kind of summed it up. Alan St. Maximin is uh, – he's a different breed of player. Um, he's playing with a ton of confidence and it's good to have that off rip as opposed to last season where it felt like he was still figuring things out at the beginning of the season. So now early on in the season, it feels like every time we play him, it's just, 
he's he's at he's as dangerous as he can be. So um, I love that, and it's the same thing with Miggy. Both are playing with so much confidence at the moment that like you feel like you have a much better chance uh, to to get a couple chances created with both of them in the team sheet or one of them in the team sheet, as opposed to last season where it felt like no matter how we played them or where we played them, like we just couldn't figure out a way to get them as involved as we wanted them in the offense. So love that great goal. Um, a little bit of a mistake there by Pope. He gets a hand on it, um, but honestly should be reading it a little bit better. Uh, Allenton Maxman's going one direction the whole time. He didn't really do much to, to take out, take, to close off any angles per se. He Pope was terrible. Hey, Greg, people are throwing this out there, but arguably the best uh, British keeper this season has been Carl Darlow. Just Yeah, uh, start, start Gillespie. Yeah, start Gillespie, though. Um, um, yeah, I mean, every British keeper who has played this season has been pretty, pretty bad. Um, except yeah. for, I guess, yeah, no, yeah, everyone who's played has been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, especially the ones in the England national team, Pickford and Pope have been brutal yep. uh, at times. Uh, yeah, so that's four shots on target for Newcastle. That's four goals for Newcastle in the Premier League. Uh, so really good. So okay. not necessarily true. Well, at that moment, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, fair. It was. Uh, yeah, so one of the things I, I noticed in their style of play here is uh, Newcastle were attacking the space in between the two center backs for Burnley. There was a lot of diagonal long balls. Um, like one, one of them was share sent one to Jolinton and Jolinton was through and there was a ton of space, but Jolinton took a very heavy touch and, um, it, it wasn't out, but Newcastle just kept trying that. And I'm happy they did. There was, there's obviously something there because it kept working. Um, and we're at, by the half hour mark, Newcastle was just looking really good. Uh, this is where we started to see some, a little bit of issues like, like, well, Maybe not minor, but Cher got hurt. Um, Newcastle was still playing great, but you obviously see Cher was in pain. And this this is at the point where I finally realized, like, oh, wait, Mankiw is the only defender on the bench. Oh, that's not good. Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, Burnley put the ball in the net, and it was offsides. And we get to halftime, and it's one nothing. It was definitely like we deserve to be up. We deserve to be up a little bit more. Yeah, and, to be honest. Yeah, and Alan St. Maxim was taking over. It was it. Well, nobody had a chance. They were trying to absolutely like decapitate him half the time, but when he could get on the ball, it was nobody. It was just such a mismatch. Um, Wilson is really good. I really like him, and Jolinton looked good as a ten in the first half. So that's my takeaways. What's yours? I mean, I think that's the same thing. Uh, it's nice to see Joe Linton uh, playing well in, in that position. It kind of makes it interesting because um, we're kind of talking about this. Uh, I guess our, our good friend Kev Lawson, who I guess he's not really a good friend, but he's a guy I follow on Twitter, and I reference a lot of his tweets. He's another kind of stats guy. He, he mentioned that uh, playing Hendrick out wide was not something that he would personally do, and I think a lot of people would probably say that. Um, but what it did do was it he Hendrick essentially provided defensive cover for John Joe Shelby, and so anytime Shelby just would go forward and not defend, Hendrick would kind of slide in um, back into that kind of like central midfield role, or, or at least go back and track back and defend and cover for John Joe in case there was something on the counter. I thought that was a really interesting little wrinkle in Steve Bruce's plans. Now, whether or not Steve Bruce planned that and like that was a tactical decision by Steve Bruce. 
or not is still, of course, up for debate uh, because, I mean, I don't know. But uh, it was it was a nice little wrinkle um, in the formation that I enjoyed. And, and yeah, if Miguel Amaron is there uh, playing at that, I guess, left or right mid spot, wherever Hendrick was playing, I mean, they kind of flip-flopped at certain points. I don't think you get that defensive cover and Shelby has to develop more and all that kind of stuff. But because Hendrick was there, Shelby kind of had free reign to go wherever he wanted on the pitch, which was nice. Yeah. Yes. The second half underway, no changes and we're off. And Burnley definitely had a lot more of the ball here. Uh, They were causing Newcastle a a bunch of problems with some long balls. Just what Burnley does. Uh, Chris Wood is like good at this game. Uh, but uh, Darlow was doing at least well enough to to keep us in, and then it then uh, then we had our first sub. So 54 minutes in, we had to take share off. He was just he just did not look comfortable. I had to bring Mankio on. So Kraft was moved to center back. Mankio was used to, at right back, and it started getting a little bit more uncomfortable from that. We started bunkering. Uh, we weren't getting much hold of the ball, and then the inevitable happened. Goal for Burnley. Westwood. Great. It was a great goal. Uh, yeah. And, and to be fair, it was not in the run of play. So, I mean, like, it was a cleared corner and it kind of got to like recycled back in. So, like, for yeah. all the for all the stuff Newcastle endured beforehand in terms of Burnley creating chances, like, they technically didn't concede this chance from open play, which I guess is a positive from the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I... I you're completely right. And then we move on. So, uh, so then Newcastle scored. It was it was Callum Wilson, and we like a Callum Wilson. It was it was a great goal, and it's same maximum again that made the difference. But there's something about so the goal is it's a it's a amazing ball by Alan St. Maximin on this goal. So low cross just curls right to Callum Wilson's feet. It, it was just an easy tap in for Callum. Callum stayed great, was able to find find space in the box, and and Alan St. Maxwell literally taped it right to his to his cleat. So uh, beautiful goal. But the one thing that was interesting, and this is why I'm coming back to Jolinton here, because literally it might not even have been a minute before that, Jolinton and St. Maximin switched spots. So St. Max was the 10 for this goal. And St. Maximin came out wide. He received the ball, came out wide and hit that low cross crossing. But it's just crazy how fast that made. I don't know if St. Maximin and Jolinton were like, hey, switch up real quick. I found a mismatch. Like somebody saw that. Or if Bruce was like, because, you know, every once in a while, Bruce likes to play around with it, switch sides. So, but whatever happened, it immediately worked. Um, and then we got this goal. So it was a huge goal, way to take the, the two to one lead for Newcastle. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I would say one, one thing that this this did remind me of is um, in the uh, – geez, who did we just play at Rodney Parade? Uh, the the Newport. Newport match. Uh, Joel Linton actually had a similar chance where he fizzed the ball across the box and, like, Andy Carroll was just not there, like, at all. Like, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny how – like, not funny, but it's very interesting seeing, like, Callum Wilson – and how, like, no matter what, if there's someone who's fizzing a ball across the box or swing a ball into the box, he's there. He's in the mix. Uh, he's he's there. He's looking to score. He's always hovering around, hovering around that six yard box. And like, it seems like none of our other strikers seem to want to do that ever. So that that was just one interesting thing I kind of took away from that. And then kind of what you also pointed out was just like that flexibility. I think that's what is exciting is that 
Um, you know, if you're running a, uh, a lineup of, of, you know, even ASM Miguel Amarone and Ryan Fraser or ASM Miguel Amarone and Joel Linton or Ryan Fraser, uh, Joel Linton and Alan Sam Axman, like you can do so much because you've got guys who are comfortable playing out on the wing, guys who are comfortable playing in that middle spot. And you can really, you can really kind of find, mess around and exploit different mismatches. And that's kind of what Steve Bruce did. Um, and again, whether he did it or not, I mean, it did happen. There was a lot of switching going on uh, and a lot of like trying to isolate guys and get one-on-one matchups with slower fullbacks because Burnley's fullbacks are not good. Uh, Phil Barsley and Charlie Taylor not really getting younger anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, if you've got pace, take advantage of that, all that kind of stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, good goal. Yeah. Um, so this is where it got really interesting is – uh, Steve Bruce wasn't just ticky-tacking, changing things. We shifted all together. So, so uh, like, I guess Jolinton got, like, 55 minutes of the 10, and I think he did good here. But we went from him switching with St. Maxman to us completely moving to a 4-4-2. And then uh, that 4-4-2, that was the 70th minute, like, right right after, really right after the second goal. Alan Max, uh, St. Maxman was – it was a weird move. I didn't like it because – St. Maximin was creating all these opportunities from the 10 spot. Well, just from anywhere, all, all match. So then he put, he does a four, four, two and puts St. Maximin at the top. And I'm like, what? Like just play through him, play through St. Maximin. It made no sense at all. So it was St. Maximin and Callum Wilson yeah. as the two. And then he had uh Jolinton on the left and then Hendricks on the right. And I was just like, this is, this is so dumb. Like everything is working. Just like even even right after this goal, um, St. Maximin created a play on the left where he uh, he got the ball off to Hayden and Hayden had a really good curling shot that he he wasn't um, that that uh, Pope saved. I forgot the guy's name for a second, but still, like he created all of it. And then he was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to take you out of the game and, and make you play as a striker now. <laughs> I don't get it. Don't get yeah. it. But then it was long. It wasn't long lived because then he was subbed out like a few minutes after for Ryan Fraser. And I mean, it was a good performance, but it's just really odd decision making there. I don't know if you want to have anything to say on that. Do you? I mean, it's Steve Bruce. That's, yeah, Steve that's Bruce. That's kind of it. Um, and then right after this sub, we got the penalty. It was an obvious penalty. Definitely a penalty. And it was Nick Pope again, who it was really a sucked. Massive mistake. He yes. sucks. Uh, he he, <laughs> he allowed the ball to roll like across his body. He tries to make a touch, didn't work out. <laughs> and then Fraser nips it in, and he tried to flick it past him, and uh, it hits the Pope. But Pope, I mean, it hits the post. But Pope upended Fraser, Just and him out. yeah, absolutely like clashed him. And it's an easy penalty. And we have a penalty taker now, as we've reminded you all, and it's Callum Wilson. And it was a very beautiful pen. Uh, like he was trying to panaka it, but didn't. It kind of didn't work. There. But Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's like, I don't want to fully do it, but I'll just make it cute. And it was cute. It was good. Right down the middle. Nice, light touch. Three to one, Newcastle United. Elijah, let's get it. Yeah, I mean – it's a penalty and shout out Ryan Fraser. I think that's probably one of the best things he's done so far at Newcastle. So shout out to him. Shout out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 
I'll say this. Um, we don't want to admit it, but Ryan Fraser is going to be the new Iose Perez. Oh, interesting. So in March, he's going to score a lot of goals. I mean, I think, yeah, he's going to have his mo- – he's going to be a polarizing player because I you could tell that, like, like when he plays, I think he's going to be way more – I think he's more involved than Iose. And by the way, uh, Leicester fans hate Iose Perez. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, it's almost like we told them, uh, hey, this guy's probably not that good. And people are like, oh, yeah. He scored 10 goals. Anyway, um, but I could see him, Ryan Fraser, kind of doing the same thing where you know the quality is there, the ability is there. It's just which version of Ryan Fraser you're going to get that day because if you remember Newport, he missed two clear one-on-one chances. <laughs> and he was he was quite decent uh, in this past match. And, I mean, he ultimately had the foul that led to the penalty. So, um, yeah, it's be, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he plays. Yeah, well, he almost scored right after this penalty. And it was, by the way – Massive credit to Jolinton for this ball, to Ryan oh, Fraser. Gorgeous. Uh, through the middle, and Fraser got in. He tried to take it early and, like, chip it, mm-hmm. but uh, Pope was able to, to get his hands on it and push it wide. <laughs> the one uh, good save Pope made. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was I actually like Ryan Fraser doing that, like, just really early going mm-hmm. for it. Like, he knew Nick Pope was, like, just on his heels and struggling, so why not just try to lash him and, like, catch him off guard when he's clearly not into it? Oh yeah, so I'm fine with the decision. It just ended up being a great, a great save by Pope. But yeah, that's it. That's how it ended. It was, uh, you know, a little bit nervy at the start of the second half. That was the only time that it really was bad for Newcastle, and and that's when Burnley equalized. But having St. Maximin is so nice. He was he absolutely dominated. Um, Wilson, obviously, he's just we have a clinical finisher, which is great. Um, four two three one is definitely better than the four four two. And uh, we're a top 10 Premier League side, Elijah. What's your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a similar thing. I think it's worth noting that Burnley didn't play well at all. Um, they kind of – they. <laughs> I think it's like – it sounds like if you were listening to this, you're like, oh, wow, Newcastle, like they were really good. And I'd say Newcastle looked fairly okay. Um, but I think for how good Newcastle looked, Burnley looked that much worse. Um and I think like Newcastle is, it's kind of like Brighton. Like Newcastle is not a team you should play long ball against because uh, they're kind of used to it. Um, it's kind of the only style we play. So like our defenders are, are very adept at like dealing with long balls and dealing with runners behind uh, who are trying to trying to beat you with long ball over the top. So it was a bold strategy by Burnley that just like really didn't work. I mean, uh-huh. it seemed like our defenders were first to every single ball that they played over the top. And it also doesn't work when you don't really have that great of a passing midfielder. Um, so, yeah, uh, as it's just something to work, that's worth noting. Like, Burnley was really bad in this. Um, and, I mean, I didn't think that they would be relegated, but, like, because they built a really solid foundation on defensive solidity. But the defensive solidity has not looked uh, particularly solid uh, <laughs> this season so thus far. I, I still think Dice keeps him out of it. That's just – I have no – no evidence to I mean I do have some evidence because Sean Dyche is actually a pretty good manager but um I think I think they're still okay I, I don't think it's complete panic time considering you're still yeah. playing 30 34 matches oh yeah no need to so, panic and they've got a nice two-week break to kind yeah. of reset I don't think they've got a lot of guys going up going out they'll definitely finish ahead of Fulham yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not in on Fulham or West Brom. I think 
I, I, I mean, West Brom, they had a, a nice performance this past weekend or whatever, but I'm just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in on them. Leeds might be good. Yeah, probably. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I think we both finished, picked them to finish mid table. So I, I don't, I don't know. I said, yeah, I had them 10th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, quotes, we'll get to quotes. Elijah, you will love this one. You ready? Okay. Yeah. I am delighted for the players. We've all had our fair share of criticism criticism this week. Maybe oh, rightly gosh, so. <laughs> I was so happy when he said that. So we've all had our fair share of criticism this week. Ugh. Oh, man. Um, so oh, said, that's hilarious. And he's right. It's been all of them because, I mean, John Joe Shelby felt as if uh, he was getting – he was the, the butt of everyone's jokes because he uh, – we didn't even talk about this last week, but he celebrated at Newport. Uh, did this whole like, like I can't hear you celebration to literally. I think it was just Mark Douglas who was there. Like it was my, Mark Douglas and maybe like one other journalist, and it was like it was jo- George Calkin was there because he tweeted about it. And he said, um, "John Joe Shelby's goal celebration shushing the non-existent crowd, but o- looked over our way almost as if he knows every tweet I've just tweeted about how awful he's been." <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, was so like, that yes. was funny so i think but apparently I think they did ask right. him about that and he said the newport bench was like kind of talking trash a little bit so he well, said it hey. was over to them i guess but it, to be fair it was deserved like newcastle looked terrible so yeah. and newport looked good so like yeah. oh i guess oh you know whatever that's not yeah. the, this match whatever uh yeah steve bruce there's been a fair share of criticism for everyone We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah, it gets Definitely. it gets uh, a little bit better. Uh, so tonight ho- we have hopefully quieted a few for a while. Anyway, <laughs> we have tried to change and be more expansive. It goes up and down so quickly. That's Newcastle. <laughs> uh, he said, "If we can keep Alan Saint Maximin fit, he will get keep he will get people off their seats. He can do things that other people can't. He is explosive. He is a goal scorer and a threat." We're still a long way from the f- finished article, believe me. A uh, great author he is. So, uh, yeah. But I hope Newcastle supporters can see what we're trying to do in terms of why we're trying to play. Oh, sorry, of the way we're trying to play. Of course, there are things, there are going to be a few hiccups along the way. When you get a couple results, especially like that one tonight, then it always helps. Um, <laughs> then on Callum Wilson, he said, uh, when I see the amount of money being spent, I think we have done a fabulous piece of business. I have to tell you. Yeah, completely agree. On Alan St. Maximin, he said, it's been a difficult period for Alan in terms of fitness levels and getting it right. And it's like that for a lot of players like him who rely on pace and power. But we've seen the value to him. And when he's on the pitch, he's his goal and assist for the second one. There was probably only Alan on the pitch who could do that. And then on Burnley, he said, I've known Phil Barsley since he was 12, so I'm not surprised that he had a few kicks at him. <laughs> just admitted, that's actually that's a, that's a great quote. Yeah, that's just, an all-time Bruce quote. Yeah. Man. I'm not surprised that he just kicked the crap out of Alan St. Maximin a few times. Uh, I've known him since he was 12. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. that Like, Steve Bruce, I mean – I've said this so many times. I love Steve Bruce, the character. He he just provides us with such great content. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's get to stats. Um, we have we have seven points from our first four Premier League games. That's the best since 
also our 2013-14 season where we also had seven points through four games. So good start for the tune. Um, we It's the first time Newcastle scored a penalty in back-to-back matches since that same season in 2013. It was Hayden Ben-Arfa at Crystal Palace and Papi Cisse at home to Stoke. Um, it's the first home penalty success since Matt Ritchie against Man City in 2019. Um, and Callum Wilson. He has four goals in four games. There's two players that have done that in Newcastle United history. Who are they? Um, like four goals in four games, period. Uh, 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 sorry to start the season. Oh, okay. Um, Devaba. Uh, and, and, and uh, debut me, season. There, there's a, yeah, debut season. Sorry. I, okay. I, that's important. Um, I don't know. I'm sure, uh, Alan Shearer is always a good guess. It, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Damn. Um, uh, there, one of the players is still on the team. Huh. Okay. <laughs> like we can rule out Joel Linton. Yeah, we can, because he's yet uh, to score four goals. <laughs> is it Shelby? No. Is it Andy Carroll? No, but that's that's what I would have guessed. Um. Okay. Trying to. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. I feel like I – maybe I'm only thinking of starters. That's why. It, I mean, it better yeah. not be Christian Atsu. Jesus no, Christ. no, no. And he is – and the other hand is he's currently injured. And oh. it happened in the championship. Okay. Okay, Dwight Gale. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Gale and Les Ferdinand. I almost said DeAndre. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Dwight Gale and, and Les Ferdinand are the only two players. So think of like – Andy Cole, Alan Shearer, Michael Owen, Obafeni Martin, Stemma Ba, Papi Cisse, Loke Remy, Iose Perez, Alexander Mitrovic, uh, Hayden Ben. Did I already say Ben Arfa? Hayden Ben Arfa. Yeah, like all those guys uh, were not able to do that. So, the Count Wilson has. Uh, going to 538. Newcastle United, our top 10 team. But 538 does not think we will we'll keep that momentum. What? Uh, they have Newcastle finishing in 16th place at the end of the season still. They're still not, they're still not liking us. They think we'll finish with 42 points. However, the chances of qualifying for the Champions League are the highest it's been this season. Newcastle have a 2% chance to qualify for the Champions League, but still have a 22% chance to get relegated, which is the fifth highest of any Premier League team right now. We still have a chance to win the Premier League too. Mm. Less than 1%. Uh, all right. Do you have any stats? No, I, I personally don't, um, but I do have the best and worst player. Yeah. Give me your best player. Um, I think it's hard not to say Alan St. Maxman. I feel like yeah. that's, it's pretty pretty obvious. I mean, the, was... the easy thing is like the best players for Newcastle have been clear and obvious the last few weeks, which has been refreshing to see a player just take over like that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I guess second second is probably Colin Wilson. I mean, like on I, I know for Fot Mob he was he was the highest rated player. I don't know if he was for who oh, scored. Yeah, but I'd imagine he was for who scored too because he had a goal and two assists. Oh, sorry, two goals and an assist. We'll we'll get to that. Um, I I, well, I, would, I think it's Alan St. Maximin, and who scored would agree. Really? Uh, I'll give you the list. So this is kind of surprising, the list of players with a seven or higher, starting with the lowest to highest. Joel Linton, 7.1. Yeah, Joe, that's not surprising. No, no, it's not. Uh, John Joe Shelfie at a 7.26. Carl Darlow mm. with a 7.6. And then Callum Wilson with an 8.36. Got the penalty, got the goal, got the assist. But then they gave Alan Max, St. Maximin the edge at an 8.65. The, the, I think what did it here is Callum Wilson got the, the goal. But and one thing that's not being talked about, Alan St. Maximin had, he had the most key passes, he had three. Um, but he also completed 90.5% of his passes. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody was close to that. Um, I, I'd also imagine he probably led the led led, the, led both teams in beating players off the dribble. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so there's a lot of those things I think put, gave him the edge for who scored. I mean, either way, nobody's going to blame Fatmob for or anybody for saying Callum Wilson was the best player or highest rated <laughs> player, and nobody's going to blame anyone for saying Allen team accident. Both of them just incredible performances. Uh, yeah, and Newcastle deserved a three-one win. Yeah, wouldn't say there was a worse player. I think everyone played as well as they could given the the circumstances. I mean, you could and maybe Jamal Lewis wasn't great, but you have to remember he's still quite young. Um, and I mean, he, he even was a little bit shaky at times at Norwich. But overall, I thought he was fine and competent, which is all you can really ask for at the left back spot for Newcastle at least. Yeah, uh, we didn't have to say his name much at all, and I think that's a good thing. But yeah. uh, they did. Huso <clears throat> did give him a five eight nine, which isn't good. Yeah, and Fat Mob I, gave him like a five point uh, eight, I think, as well. Okay, I mean, it, five point nine. Yeah. It could also be he just like he just wasn't involved enough to accrue anything, and maybe made. Oh, he did get a yellow card, so that yeah, I would say points. he got a yellow. I mean, he um, only had twenty six passes and completed seventy two percent of them. So when you have that those numbers, like you're all, you're, you're already really... starting in the 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 low six range, and then <laughs> yeah. adding the yellow is never going to be good. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's anything like bad performance. It's just kind of like a non-existent one, which is fine if you get a 3-1 win and yeah. you don't cause any goals. Um, do you have anything, any last words to say before we go to break and talk about some news? No, let's uh, let's go to break. All right, we're going to take a break. And then on the other side of this, you'll get all of your updated news on Newcastle United. We're going to take a break right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello, Elijah. Hello. Episode 150. It is. We live. We live. So the the first thing I want to talk about, and you spoke with a lovely gentleman, so I want you to... Uh, kind of take the lead and, and tell us everything, but I'll just give the, the details first. Um, on Monday, Newcastle officially announced what has kind of been long-awaited signing. We signed 21-year-old Rodrigo Vilca from Peruvian side Deportivo Municipal. 
he's attacking midfielder, signed a four-year deal that will, he'll join the U23s. Um, it's it has been reported that he could be loaned out in the next transfer window. It depends on how he does with the U23s. But the fee was around 300k. Uh, so I'm, I'm they just probably what happened is they waited to sell Barlasar for 300k. I think it was 303. And then just use that money. I swear, I think that's exactly what they waited no, for. No, I, yeah, I just made that connection. Like, you, well, you made it for me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's they, hilarious, actually. They completed it at 303000 for Barlasar and then completed this for three hundred. Um, but he does hold a Spanish passport, so he can he can go right away. Um, he's from the same town as Navi Solano. So, uh, Elijah, take it from here. Uh, and, and then uh, you can just host it up and lead right into your interview, too. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I wouldn't have anything else to add. So that I like I you you set it up perfectly. I think that's all we really need to know about the player. He's uh, he seems super excited to be here. Um, but I did sit down with Brian Bertie, who um, we read some of his initial thoughts about Rodrigo last week. Um, and so I sat down with him. Uh, we talked it out. Uh, he answered a couple questions, gives a little bit more insight into his personal strengths and weaknesses uh, for Rodrigo, um, whether this was kind of a surprise to the Peruvian faithful, kind of his scene on the national team, what he's been doing, and, uh, you know, best positions, all that kind of stuff. And so it's a good shout. Uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable on on all things Peru. Um, and so give him a follow at Brian1398, and we're going to roll that interview right now. All right, CHN Radio fam, we are here alongside greatness we we've called in the reinforcements because as you know greg and i know absolutely nothing about south america as as a whole especially south american football so we brought in an expert brian bertie how are you man hello uh i'm good it's getting quite cold up here in toronto but yeah i'm i i i, I do like the cold I prefer over the summers we get so oh wait yeah. you you like the cold yeah, I'm more of a cold guy than a heat guy. Summers here are unbearable. I mean, I, I I did three years in Syracuse, New York, and I I can I can firmly say, not not a cold guy. Me, not a cold guy. Fair enough. But speaking of cold guys, we've we've got a new signing, a Peruvian starlet. Some may say, uh, Rodrigo Vilca. Am I saying that correctly? Maybe. Mm. Yeah, with a little bit of a gringo accent, but it's it, at least the pronunciation attempt is correct. So, okay, there I'll, we go. I'll take that. that. I'll take that. Um, but he's he's going to have to get used to the cold because he's now signed on with Newcastle, announced today, uh, kind of been a, a deal that's been kind of rumored for, uh, I'd say, what, three, two or three weeks now at this point. And finally, it's done. He's a Newcastle United player. Currently, right now, is going to be on the U23s, but there's a lot of talk about him potentially – um, and down the road, making the jump to the first team and, and kind of having a trial period with U23s before eventually either being loaned out or called to the first team in January. Um, your quick reaction to this this news, Brian, did it take you by surprise? Were you um, Are you happy? Do you think it's a good move overall? I mean, and don't hold anything back because, I mean, we're I mean, not the club. So you can the rumor you- The rumor today didn't surprise me because it was inevitable. It was going to happen now. The rumor when it started, the when it first said, caught me by much surprise. I was not expecting. It. We don't get many Peruvians go straight to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's not going to play straight in the Premier League, but you know, you know, you get the sentiment where I, uh, 
a player like that just doesn't go to a, a club like Newcastle immediately. They always have to step in Brazil, Argentina, MLS, mm. uh, some second-tier European league, but they never go straight. So I was very surprised. I was also surprised that the um, that it wasn't the false news because we get these rumors often, but they're usually not true. Mm-hmm. Like a few years ago, we had our keeper Galese linked to Arsenal, but it was not true at all. So I um. I, 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 it was kind of hard to believe, but then after I got lots of messages from Newcastle fans asking me about him, I started believing them. <laughs> I, I started believing the, um, the, the, the rumors about it. And I was, uh, I was very surprised. I was very surprised, but pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We don't, we don't get much players like that, uh, at all. Sweet. So, um, I guess, can you give us the quick rundown? Um, I guess your overall strengths and weaknesses and, kind of best positions you've seen from Rodrigo? Okay. So he can play on either of the wings. I think he does an okay job on it. He's decently fast. He's got some acceleration. You know, he's not the fastest player in the world, but more of a fast thinker. He's creative. He's a creative playmaker like our num- current number 10, Kristen Cueva, current as in the Peruvian national team. He's similar to that. And uh, he's got he's got a knife for goal. He's not got a ton of goals. I think he's got like four goals in the season, maybe, a, maybe less, maybe more. But it's around there. So he's got an eye for goal. But uh, he was mostly a breakout this season. I'm just getting a drink. Hold on. Mm-hmm. He mostly broke out this season. Uh, so Jer- I-, I was thinking all season, you know, Jury's still out. And we've seen a lot of players have a start like this and then fall. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen if he develops at Newcastle because the facilities over there are way better. He's a creative player, like I said. He's uh, got a good eye for uh, he's got a good vision for a through pass, and yeah, he's, his dribbling is decent. This weakness, as has been rumored and isn't false, is the uh, the strength. Uh, obviously, in Peru, we can get away with it, but in uh, in a place like the PL or Europe, it's going to be a lot tougher. So he's got a, he's put, when he gets to the first team or the U 23s they're probably going to make him work on that at, at first before getting anywhere near the first team. That's what I think, uh, and uh, th- that's what I can see happening. Yeah, um, and uh, it's kind of interesting because that was kind of the the big knock on Miguel Amiron when he came as well. Uh, even to MLS was was strength, uh, potentially his weak foot as well. But uh, a lot of people in media were like, "Well, he's too small," and I, you know, I guess about a year and a half of of intense weight training kind of fixed that. And so that's always that's always a promising sign when you know the weakness is something that you can build on. It's not something that's like inherently flawed about the players so that that's a that's a big positive in, in the eyes of Newcastle fans and I mean there's a lot of people very excited um about the signing already um and I guess one other thing I'd, I'd ask is kind of in terms of reputation you kind of mentioned this was a breakout season um in terms of like Peruvian national team uh just overall prestige in Peru was this a player that was on the radar? Was he a player that people were expecting to break out at some point, or did this really just take everyone by surprise? It took everyone by surprise, but regarding the Peru national team, he did get called up to a uh, cycle last month, mm-hmm. and that's probably where Norberto Solano saw the uh, potential, and that's probably why he's going to Newcastle in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah, that's his only history of the national team so far. Um, and it's, I, think it, I think it's a very positive thing that uh, that's happened for all parties involved. Now, yeah. uh, this is, he was a revelation this season. So no, not really many expected. It. Not many people didn't even know who he was before 2020. 
So this is definitely a breakout season for him in all okay. regards. He, now, regarding last season, the people who did see him say he was a talented player. So it's not like he uh, he wasn't he wasn't a good player. It's just that he didn't get enough game time to be able to impact the uh, matches too much. So this is the first season he's properly gotten that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and I guess final kind of thoughts on on this player. Um, do you see him making that jump to the first team anytime soon? Do you think that strength is kind of the only barrier, or do you think you know? He's going to need a couple seasons out on loan or maybe a, a, a season or so in the U23s before you can really make the jump. Or in your personal opinion, is it even possible for him to make that jump? I wouldn't say immediately, but, you know, by the end of this season, given that, that mm-hmm. that's something that's happened in Newcastle pretty much every season, <laughs> the past couple seasons is that out of nowhere, a U23s player just kind of makes a jump out of, nece- out of necessity to the first team and then kind of works out for him. At this point, anything can surprise me, so I'm not going to give a direct answer. But I will say he would definitely need to go on loan in his first season. I know they said they're going to analyze him in the under-23s until January, but I already know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be send him on loan. So I think that it, uh, that's going to happen. And in tw- if we see him consolidating the first team, it will be in 2021. And if it is, then it's a brilliant piece of business for Newcastle for that mm-hmm. price. Yeah. So I, hope, I definitely hope we can do that. And... Um, now, my personal thoughts, I think you should go on loan to the Eredivisie mm-hmm. instead of the championship, just because the championship is too many games at first to start off with. And they have, they have a lot less patience with youth compared to the uh, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that – and not only that, but also a record of Peruvians in the championship is pretty bad. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's best that he goes to a league where we have a more reputable uh, – we're more reputable as in the Eredivisie. And that's where he's going to impress more, in my opinion. So that's where that's where his chances at Newcastle are going to come through. doesn't even have to be a big club. It could be a Sparta Rotterdam, Emin. It could be a Vitesse. It could be any of those clubs. Makes sense. And, that, I mean, that makes sense. There's been – Newcastle's dealt with the Eredivisie in the past. And, I mean, there's been a string of, of Dutch players that have done well at Newcastle and haven't fared well. So the connections are there. So, I mean, like you said, it makes sense for a young player as well. Um, especially with someone with his technical ability. I feel like a lot of times Newcastle ends up uh, loaning players down to League Two or League One um, for them to improve their technical ability. But when you have a player that's already pretty technically gifted and really needs to know a little bit more about maybe the flow of the game in Europe versus South America or, you know, things like strength or, or, you know, stamina, that kind of stuff, then I do think a a league like where Eredivisie, where he's going to have the opportunity to just gain experience, is is, is probably the the best option as well. I'd agree with you 100. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've now covered everything that I, I've got on my end. Is there anything else you feel that we should know? Any nicknames, songs, Newcastle fans should just start like getting used to anything. Well, I'm going to just put off the song things because uh, our our type of chance is very different to what English fans have. So I'll just let you decide on that. <laughs> I don't remember if he had a nickname. I don't think he did. And uh, he, I should mention he has a Spanish passport. So okay. that's gonna, that's definitely going to help him a lot, even with the whole Brexit thing. I think that Spanish passport is going to help him a lot. And um, I think we covered everything that should be mentioned. Um, I think everything that everything that has already been said. So, cool. yeah, unless I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in the end if there's anything else to Twitter DMs. But I don't think there is. I, don't th- I think we covered everything. 
Sweet, sweet. So, Brian, where can people follow you on Twitter? Because we want people to follow you on Twitter. And trust me, once you follow me, one South American Newcastle player that you've tweeted about, it ask Roberto Rojas. I mean, the the Newcastle fans don't stop coming. So, don't be surprised when you wake up with like ten thousand followers. (laughs) What happened? Uh, so Roberto Rojas, uh, he he um was one of the first people to talk about Miguel Amiron, and he was yeah I remember he had a smaller following when he started, but then because uh, the Newcastle fans were so interested in learning more about the player and all this other stuff, like he he just began to gain gain more and more followers. So I want that for you, Brian. So let the people let's know. Hope. Let's hope. Let's uh, hope. It's Brian Birdie, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, my name on Twitter is Oslim Gista. So if you're looking at that name and not Brian, it, that's the right place. I'm just going to let you know. Love that. All right, well, thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time out of your busy day to no talk problem. about, you know, you. a little signing at Newcastle. So um, thank you for coming on and, you know, best of luck. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, great job with that. Now everyone knows everything there is to know about Rodrigo Vilca and yes. the randomness of this signing, who's obviously going to become one of the uh, top three attacking midfielders in the world in a few years. It's true. And now everyone also knows that I apparently sound like a gringo when I when I said Rodrigo Vilca. Uh, so, which, I, you know, I, I thought that gringo was just reserved for white people. So um, I, I, felt, I felt a little... I felt a little hurt when I got that mm. comment. I'm just okay. going to throw it out there because Brian was looking at me. He saw that I wasn't white and he was like, you've said that like a gringo. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so did, now you have a chance to redeem yourself. Try it now. Yeah. Do it. Rodrigo Vilca. I think you got to add a little more like Vilca. I don't know. I, I, think, that was... I think you got to like, it's, I got to go a little softer on the D. Um, yeah, Spanish lessons are in <laughs> we've, order. For we've me. now marked this episode as explicit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, while Elijah is going softer on the D, we can talk wow. about the transfer window now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the international transfer window closed on Monday, uh, so it was it was a very interesting uh, day because you know we were we were wondering what was going to happen with Atsu or Saive or Lazar or Rolando Aarons or Jacob Murphy or DeAndre Edlin. Uh, there's there's a lot of names that are high making a lot of money for Newcastle right now that still somehow are on this team. DeAndre Edlin should be a Newcastle player forever, America forever. Um, but those players didn't leave. There's no new transactions to announce, so there is still an opportunity for those players to leave because the, the window for just uh, EFL clubs and the Premier League is open until October 16th, uh, 5 p.m. British time. So it's going to be uh, – we are actually – there was a rumor today that actually DeAndre Yellen could be headed to Stoke. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and Christian Atsu to Watford, that was, that was thrown out there as well, Yeah, um, which is interesting. I think uh, that but... would be great signings for both clubs. Yeah, and uh, the Atsu one, I think, might have been a loan deal, which, because I'm pretty sure all those other guys have like a year on their contract, or maybe I know I think Christian has like two years left on his contract. Yeah. But, um, but there's also, of course, always the possibility, which Newcastle don't want, of of uh, DeAndre Adlin, um, especially uh, him probably being the most likely of these to always leave on a free, kind of force Newcastle to buy out his contract in order to make space for a January signing or January loan 
deal. Uh, Steve Bruce kind of alluded to the fact that, um, and this is kind of widely reported, Newcastle are going to wait until January to use any of their loan signings. So if there's any sort of deal that happens, uh, I guess by the end of this week, um, it's going to likely be some sort of cheap purchase from Newcastle. There was some uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was a name that was kind of thrown around today. Chelsea were trying to get him out on loan. Uh, a lot of clubs were sniffing, but I don't think anyone ever committed. Um, and Newcastle were among those clubs, and they immediately backed out of it. Um, like as soon as it was linked that they were gonna, they were looking into it. They immediately backed out of it. Um, other than that, I do think the only other big story of the day, because I don't think anyone is really expecting Newcastle to make any moves today um, in terms of incoming players um, outside of Rodrigo. Uh, but people were a little upset about Florian Lejeune and him being loaned out. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have my own personal thoughts on it. Um, and Mark Douglas provided some interesting perspectives, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's good enough to play in the Premier League. Definitely, I think. So uh, loading him out to a La Liga side is was pointless to me. And having one one defender on the bench for Saturday when you, when you just could have had Lejeune, uh, and, and, and play Lejeune as a center back over Emil Kraft. It's pointless to me. Yeah. I think if it weren't Newcastle, it wouldn't be pointless because again, Newcastle also have, wait, let's see. There's, there's Jamal LaSalle's Fabian chair, Kieran Clark, um, Federico Fernandez and Paul Dummett. They have five center backs. So it's, it's like, do you need a sixth center back? And in any other club, it's like, no. But with the injury luck under Bruce, it's like, maybe you should consider it. And I think that there's there's a little bit of nuance here. Like, it was very clear that Newcastle were trying to bring in a younger player. Um, like, they were linked to Rob Holding. That deal literally did not – it fell through right after Lejeune. Like, they already loaned him out, and they're like, all right, we're going to bring in Rob Holding now on loan. And then Arsenal were like, no, never mind. Uh, and then there was Ruggiani, who was like a, a it would, they were looking at trying to do some sort of deal for him, whether it be a loan move or a straight up purchase. And they were just talking, talking, talking. So there were some replacements on the table, but ultimately this team felt, hey, by the middle of October, essentially by the end of this international break, every single one of those players that's injured outside of share, we don't know his status, they're going to be fine. Um, I mean, Dummett will be back, uh, Clark will be back, Lascelles will be back. So then you're not really in a situation where you need depth. And, and to the to the other point, and people were like, well, well, I was like, you have to remember Lejeune in two seasons has missed more games than all those other players combined. And that's a lot of players who've been injured for a long time. And so I could understand wanting to get him game time in, in La Liga and see, like, is he healthy enough to, to play 90 minutes consistently again, uh, especially when you consider, like, there at any moment. I mean, and he's had injuries that – I would say, like, and they've already kind of reared its ugly head. I mean, we saw this with Derek Rose in the United States, where, like, if you kind of mess up your knee one time, it, it can easily get messed up again. And so that's kind of what happened with Lejeune. So, again, I'm going to reserve judgment until January. If Newcastle are in a situation where, like, wow, we literally have been playing Emil Kraft at center back for half the season, then I'll be like, yeah, I hate the Lejeune move. But for now, I don't mind it because I understood the thinking behind it. Um, but I don't have a lot of faith in Steve Bruce to keep our, our defenders healthy. 
I do think Newcastle should have at least tried to bring in a left back, especially when you know that Matt Ritchie is going to be done until January. That that didn't to me didn't make any sense. You're trying to offload one of your fullbacks, uh, and you know that you know essentially your other left back is is out until January. I don't know why they didn't try to loan in some sort of left back um, or buy Danny Rose straight up or something like that. Yeah. All right, moving on now is the League Cup. Uh, Newcastle are still in an end. I'm going to keep patting myself on the back because I said that they would make the Final Four, at least, yeah. this tournament, and they are one win away from that. Uh, that was my hot take, and they listened. But it's going to be a challenge because Elijah said that it's not going to get this. It wouldn't happen because he called it before this draw even – happened and we're getting this draw so we'll see if elijah's correct or greg's correct it's going to be the battle of chn radio this match yeah uh, so it will be uh, the draw was last thursday and it was a trip to the championship side brentford in london uh brentford beat fulham three nothing at their brand new glorious looking stadium uh and ivan tony plays for brent brentford yeah. Yeah. Ivan Tony does. He didn't play yeah. against Fulham. He was on the bench. But um, we've we've played them six times. We've beaten them twice. That's not good. Oh, no, no, no. I read that wrong. We uh, – yeah, sorry. We've beaten them all in all of the last six meetings we've had. And they've had – they've won twice, but the, the only one – the last one was in 1948, so – yeah. Okay. Yeah, we beat them in the championship uh, when we were there. Uh, White Gale, Daryl Murphy. Oh, yeah. So it'll be Stoke City versus Spurs, Brentford versus Newcastle, Arsenal versus Man City, and Everton versus Man United. Yeah. Um, if you if you miss out on what Greg was saying, just go to last week's episode. I guess that was the weekly episode. Yeah, uh, 149. Yeah, yeah and uh, go to – the 41-45 mark, and you can hear me say we're going to drop Brentford and lose to them. So, I mean, <laughs> don't be mad when it happens. Just I warn yeah. you. Yeah. Um, just like you're right with the takeover. Uh, so, well, <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, we'll talk now about some new loan deals and how some just some loan updates. Uh, we had two players go on loan. Uh, one, both in my top 20 prospects. And you're listening to this and like, Greg, why isn't your prospects up? It's because I'm lazy and you'll get it soon. Don't worry. Uh, Lewis Cass went to Hartlepool United. Uh, oh, it's an okay loan. You, I don't want to see a guy going to a non-league side, but yeah. he went to probably the best one and he started, played the full 90 minutes and got the win in his first match. So there you go. congrats to Lewis Cass. Elias Sorensen went on loan. To Almir City, which is in the Erst Divisie. I don't know anything else about that. So I'll let you know if that's good. Uh, I, ideally, for Elias Sorensen, the thing that he's now lost is ability to score goals in a non U23 event. So uh, let's see if he can get, get, you know, he's going back home. And let's see if he can just absolutely take over and see what happens. So. Uh, best of luck to them. Just and so if my, not, it, it's like Newcastle it's can sell him. Yeah, yeah it's so. over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Other loan updates, Florian Lejeune. I watched his entire match against Athletic Bilbao and Florian Lejeune. And I was going to mention this, but I figure we save it to the year. He dominated. Uh, yeah, Anaki Williams was in his pocket. And this is Anaki Williams' podcast. So I'm about to say, you were not watching that match for – you were not watching it for Florian Lejeune. You were watching it for Anaki Williams. <laughs> yeah, they, they subbed Anaki off early. Florian yeah. Lejeune, he we wouldn't let him do anything. Um. Yoshinari Muto, he's starting every match for Ibar, so good for him. No goal, but they did win. Uh, he played, like, to the 75th minute or something. Was subbed out. Uh, congrats to Jake Turner at Morecambe. He got his first clean sheet in League Two. Uh, Kellen Watts, regular starter for Plymouth in League One. Um, they lost one nothing to Hall City, but uh, Watts almost scored. Uh, it was cleared off the line, and it was a blast. Kellen Watts is probably going to be like he might be good, so just watch. Just I'm going to watch Kellen Watts. Love it. Tom Allen and Mo Sangare and Akrik and Stanley. Tom only came in in the 89th minute, and Mo Sangare was not named in the squad. I mentioned that last week as something to watch. He wasn't involved again, so definitely something to watch. And Freddie Woodman had a stomach bug, so he didn't play. That's Makes sense. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll take another break and we'll do, do some odds and ends recap stuff and then we'll close out. Okay. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hi, Elijah. We're back. Hello. How was your break? Unreal. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have international call-ups now to talk about. Is Fabian Cher going to Switzerland? He is. Well, if he's healthy. Uh, they'll I have doubt three... he's going to Switzerland now. But... <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll have three matches. One's a friendly against Croatia and then the Nations League at Spain and at Germany. So uh, a gauntlet for Switzerland. And then Ryan Fraser was called up for Scotland. So he'll do the Euro qualifiers against Israel and the Nations League home against Slovakia and home against Czech Republic. Jeff Hendrick for Ireland at Slovakia, then Nations and the Euro qualifiers, and then uh, Wales home in the Nations League and at Finland in the Nations League. Emil Kraft, uh, he got called up. So he will be at Russia in a friendly. And then at Croatia and at Portugal. So good luck to Sweden. And Jamal Lewis got caught up in Northern Ireland. So they have a European Cup qualifier or Euro Cup qualifier at Bosnia. And then they're home in the Nations League to Austria and at Norway. Elliot Anderson was called up to the Scotland U19s. He will play England twice away, both friendlies. And then Miguel Amaran, last one to be called up. Uh, he has a World Cup qualifier, two World Cup qualifiers, one home against Peru and then at Venezuela. So big matches for Miguel. Uh, and we'll be updating you. Go, go to our website, comminghomenewcastle.sbnation.com to get updates on how they do. You'll get those mm-hmm. updates every day after after a match. So starting yeah. on, on Thursday, Thursday morning, you'll see your first update on how those players are doing. So. Do want to mention that Steve Bruce uh, politely begged Scotland to not play Ryan Fraser. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Don't." He's like, "Take it easy with Ryan" or something like that. And I was like, 
<laughs> like why like I don't know why this was like a publicly made statement and like why only Ryan Fraser like yeah I, hey be sure to run Miggy to the ground we don't care about a craft but Ryan Fraser hey maybe maybe it's the depth in Scotland maybe there's maybe like he, he's the type of player for them that he'll just play 90 in all three matches no he and he will I mean he's a he's a bona fide starter for Scotland I mean it makes sense I mean uh he's a, a guy that honestly in the eyes of Steve Bruce and honestly it looks like it from the eye test. He's he's not ready yet to play a full ninety in the Premier League. So uh, yeah, you know, like, playing yeah. a full ninety three times uh, in international play is probably not the best move for him. And I'm sure they know that. I mean, they yeah. they have to understand that he, like a lot of other players, especially in his situation where he hadn't played since March. Uh, I mean, he he's definitely working his way back to full match fitness. And at the end of the day, like we kind of mentioned it when he first was called up, uh, one of these games is you know, not really not that important. It's Nations League play, but the other two, the, the qualifiers are, are, are a bigger deal. So I could see him playing 90 for those and getting rest for uh, the Nations League game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk. What's next, Elijah? Uh, we got um, oh. UFC women. Oh, that was good. It was. They won. They did. All right, now listen. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so NUFC women, they defeated... Uh, uh, Norton, Norton ladies. Mm. And was it one nothing? I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I'm looking. Yeah. One nothing win over Norton ladies. Uh, Georgia Gibson got the goal. Yeah. So, uh, congrats to Georgia. Love your name. Uh, <laughs> and then they, uh, Bethany guy was named player of the match. So congrats to Bethany guy for that. They were also, drawn in the second round of qualifying for the vitality women's fa cup uh they will be at home to blackburn community soccer club ladies football club <laughs> that's not real uh or allenwick town ladies football <laughs> club on the 18th of october more details to follow on that um if anybody is listening from newcastle united women or if anybody knows anybody from newcastle united women Definitely DM us because we want to do more coverage, like more in-depth coverage with them. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have any connections, let us know and we'd be happy to, to link up and get some interviews and, and get more coverage out for the women's team. Of course. Yeah. Let's uh, get on to the bad news then. The U23s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. They're bad. Um so to tell you how bad they are, they played in the Tyneware Derby against Sunderland's U23s, and they were defeated for the first time this season, Newcastle loss. But it was 4 nothing to a Sunderland side that hadn't won since February of 2019. It's a long time. <laughs> the last time that Sunderland beat Newcastle in a, in a derby in the U23s was 2012. And yeah. they absolutely blew Newcastle out of the water. An embarrassing result. Um, you just have to you have to wonder the state of our academy. Um, there was there were some some players uh, in my top twenty prospects like Francolette and uh, Longello and I think oh and Stevenson uh, and and Yannick Torre uh, got hurt. I think so. I'll say this. Based oh, no, he on, came on for an injury. That's what I was saying. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll say this based on what I was seeing from the the live tweets. It seemed like they had chances. They just were not converting, which I mean is better than just like getting completely played off the pitch, but it's really hard to take any positive away from 4-0. I guess you could say it could have been 4-2, but I don't know if that's better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I didn't watch the match, but yeah, you're, you're right. It, it seemed like they absolutely dominated the first half, Newcastle did, and somehow just got blown out, so... Yeah, bad, bad, yeah. very bad. Well, it doesn't matter because Rodrigo Vilca, he'll he'll come in there next no, week and just dominate. Lego. Yeah. Uh, the last update is the U18s. Uh, they lost 4-3 to three to Burrow, Middlesbrough. Um, so they, they drew 2-2, two, two, they lost 3-4, to four, and then they lost 3-4. to four. And, but... Not a lot of defending going on. <laughs> an absolute golazo... From the newcomer, Regan Thompson from Scotland. Oh. oh. 17 year old. He blasted a ball, like an absolute screamer goal by Regan uh, to tie the match at one. Uh, he looked really good, so good that they called him up and he played. They subbed him on in the time we were at Derby. So 17 years old, getting his first match for the U23s at Newcastle. That's a really good sign. That's when a great sign. We're signing a, he, he made his professional debut at, what was that, at 14 years old in Scotland? Yeah, and then, uh, now he's no, he's sorry, he's sixteen, right? Is he sixteen? I should know this. Yeah, I mean, but, it's like you're the you're the you're the, the, um, the guy. I'm looking it up. Are you looking it up too? Yeah, I spelled Regan Thompson wrong. So I mean, he's seventeen. I was right the first time. Uh, just just turned seventeen two months ago. Uh, but yeah, seventeen years old, and to get his U23 debut, pretty cool story. So definitely one to watch. 100%. He dominated the U18s match, too, so good news. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Elijah? Before uh, I'll... Me? Uh, yeah. Oh, here's something interesting. Shout yeah. out to America. American soccer's back. We're doing it. We're doing the thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, two us. Americans at Barcelona. Two Americans at Barcelona. One starting for Juventus. One wearing the number 10 for Chelsea. Hey, don't call it a comeback, but I mean, <laughs> America oh, and, and Trinidad and Tobago uh, have a band. So yeah, yep. up, here we come, baby. World Cup. Hey, here we come. Like, I, I'm going to say this, and this may be a hot take, but I think one of the next two World Cups the United States will qualify for. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. big. I don't know if people are saying that, but at least one of the two World Cups, the next two ones, uh, the United States will qualify for. Yeah, that's I. You, you should lock that in. You should guarantee it right now. And I actually, I think I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah, Elijah Newsom guarantee. In fact, yeah, I would. If I were you and I were a betting man, I would go out and bet. I don't know if people would take the bet. Um, maybe maybe a friend bet. Maybe a friend that doesn't know a lot about soccer. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Any friend that yeah. you know that doesn't know. Tell them like, hey, I know the United States. Tell them like that we suck at soccer. Like, oh man, like we had we didn't make the World Cup in 2018. Like, I mean, I but I'm bet I bet that we'll make one of the two next World Cups. I'm like, no, 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 that's so dumb. Yep, and bet a lot of money. Yeah, like three grand. Like, just absolutely destroy a friendship. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) destroy this friendship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. So that's great. That's great news too. And just to watch DeAndre Yedlin just ride it all out. The best fullback in the country is going to be great. So 
That concludes episode 150 of CHN Radio. Elijah, it's been fun not doing 150 of these. And by 150, yeah. we've done like 300. Yeah, we've done a lot. It's it, Even in terms of numbered episodes, this is like, if we were numbering the way we used to, this yeah. probably would have been like 200. Ep- yeah, actually, maybe close to 300. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But it's been fun doing these uh, 150. Uh, but I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn host in the land. Guaranteed. Bet your friend, Elijah Newsom. And this is the best song in the world coming home Newcastle. Let's have a great international break. And away the last. Love you guys. If you never win the club again, I'll pray of the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seeing Henny how weird I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Phoenix door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindis Vaughn in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny how I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again.